in this place. If you got a testimony that God turned it, I dare you to take about 30 seconds and just give God a great praise in this place. Come on, if you've got a testimony that you were lost, but now you're found. That you were bound, but now you're free. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout, he turned it. Shout, he turned it. Clap your hands one more time and give God a great big praise. Glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated for just a few moments. We are so grateful for the presence of the Lord that we already feel at work in this place this morning. Amen, somebody. I want to take a brief opportunity to say a great big welcome this morning to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us. Rock Church, I need to borrow your hands and your voice this morning, and I need you to help me make some Holy Ghost crazy noise. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Help me welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us today. Amen. We are so excited that you're in the house of the Lord with us. And if this is your very first time to be at the Rock Church this morning, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you walked in this morning that looks like the cards on the screen. And uh, if you're here for the first time and you did not receive one of those, if you would just slip your hand in the air, one of our staff members will bring one right to you. But this is an invitation for you to join us immediately following the service in our VIP room, which stands for Very Important Person. And uh, we have prepared a, a, a small uh, treat for you. We've got a small gift that we'd love to give you just as a token of our appreciation for you being with us this morning. We'd love a chance to spend just a couple of moments with you and let you know what an honor it is to have you in the house of the Lord today. Amen, church. Amen. And so that will be happening immediately following the service and uh, also want to say what an honor it is to see uh, Sister Stewart's mama with us this morning. All the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Would you help me put your hands together? Welcome her back to the house of the Lord today. Amen. So good to see her here. And uh, I'm telling you what, God has been doing some absolutely incredible things in this place. Last Sunday, Darius was baptized in Jesus' name filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Last Sunday, Doris was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Last Sunday, Tia was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Then this past Thursday, Diane was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then yesterday, our, our, our outreach, our evangelism teams were out knocking doors. And uh, they knocked on one particular door and got to talking to a young man who was just absolutely hungry for God. And uh, they found out that he had been in touch with somebody and had just recently been baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And, uh, but he was hungry for the word of the Lord. So they opened up the word of God, started giving him a Bible study on the spot. And he got the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. He got the revelation of the oneness of God. 
that he is the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in regeneration. He's one person. He's one God. And his name is one. His name is Jesus. Woo. James says, thou believest in one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and they tremble. Why? Because they, they, they understand that when somebody gets the revelation of who Jesus is, hell is losing its grip on them. Once he got the revelation of the name of Jesus, they took him over into the scripture and showed him that there's only one method of baptism in the word of God. And that is to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sin. How many of you knew that's the only way they baptized anywhere in the Bible? Did you know that nobody was ever baptized anywhere in the Scripture in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? As a matter of fact, the only place we even find a reference to those titles is in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 19. Nobody was even baptized on that day. It was a commandment that was given to the disciples that was obeyed for the very first time on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. Is this all right this morning? And when, when, when they obeyed the commandment, the great commission in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Peter preached the very first sermon on the day of Pentecost. And he preached exactly what Jesus told him to preach. The gospel message. The death, the burial, the resurrection. So when they asked him, what do we do? He said, repent and be baptized every one of you. Not in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He said to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now why, I don't know why I'm saying this. I just feel like saying it. Why would Peter tell them to be baptized in Jesus' name when in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus told them to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Well, it's really easy. Number one is if you look at Matthew 28, 19, he did not say to be baptized in the titles. He said to be baptized in the name. And it's a singular word there, not names. Tell your neighbor, not names, but name. That means there was one name. When you look at the statement of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and you study the English language, those are what they call prepositional phrases. A prepositional phrase never contains the subject. So the subject was never the Father. It was never the Son. It was never the Holy Ghost. The subject was the name. The prepositional phrase is always there to clarify the subject. Which name? The name that belongs to the Father. The name that belongs to the Son. The name that belongs to the Holy. What is that name? The name is Jesus. Concerning Jesus, the Bible, he said, he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than the angels. Where did Jesus get his name from? From the Father. Come on, somebody. Am I in the right church this morning? Nobody argues the name of the Son. His name is Jesus. And concerning the Holy Ghost, he said, I'm going to send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, in my name. The Father's name is Jesus. The Son's name is Jesus. The Holy Ghost's name is Jesus. That's why he said to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to shout over that right now. 
We were shouting over the beat, but we ought to shout over the meat this morning. Uh, that's why Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12 tells us that neither is there salvation in any other. Uh, for there is no other name. Somebody shout name. There's no other name under heaven uh, given among men uh, whereby we must be uh, if you're going to be saved, it's going to be by the name of Jesus. I said, if you're going to be saved, it's going to be by the authority of the name of Jesus. This revelation is so powerful that in Acts chapter 16, the Bible says they found certain disciples. These were people that were believers. They professed, I love God. I love his word. I'm a follower. And there was one question he had to authenticate their discipleship. He said, oh, you're a disciple. By what then were you baptized? Or he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we are not heard as well, so much as whether there be any Holy What's the Holy what? And when they realized they didn't know what the Holy Ghost was, he said, okay, I got another question then. How were you baptized? That's an important question. That's why the disciples asked it. How were you baptized? They said, well, we were baptized under John's baptism. He said, oh, that's pretty good. John came to prepare the way. But if you're going to experience salvation, the Bible said they begin to preach to them about Jesus. And guess what happened when they were done? All of them were re-baptized again in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said they all received the Holy Ghost. Why? For they heard them speak with other tongues. I came to tell somebody there's only one way to be saved. You've got to repent. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And the promise from heaven is that you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's no other way. There's no other method. God is not the author of confusion. It's in your word from Genesis all the way to rest. Somebody ought to shout over the revelation of that truth in this place this morning. <laughs> and so that's what they asked Jonathan. They said, how were you baptized? He said, I was baptized in the titles. Father said, they said, well, that's good. I mean, you're, you're, you're making strides, but let's open the word of the Lord. And when they showed Jonathan this Saturday the word of the Lord concerning baptism, he did not even wait to get to the church. He grabbed them and said, follow me. And he walked over to the community pool at the baptism at the apartment complex and said what he said with the Ethiopian eunuchs. He said, here's water. What's, hinder, what's stopping me from being baptized? So they baptized him right there yesterday at the apartment complex. He came up out of the water speaking with other tongues as the name of Jesus was applied to his life. I think we ought to give God a great big praise all over this city. Come on, there's revival breaking loose all over the city. My God, somebody in the building, God's going to use you. You're going to lay hands on somebody at your job and they're going to start speaking in tongues. You're going to find somebody in your place where you live while you're teaching them a home Bible study. You're going to take them to the swimming pool and bury them in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give God a great big praise for revival in this house. Amen. And so we're grateful for all the Lord is doing. And you might as well just stand this morning as we prepare for the entrance of the word of the Lord. One of the ways that God is, is, is working in this house is through the fivefold ministry. 
Amen, somebody. How many of you understand that the plan of God is that there would be a five-fold ministry that is at work in his church? A pastor's ministry is great, but it is not complete all by itself in the administration of God in a church. Amen, somebody. And I know the Apostle Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. I get all those scriptures. But there are God-called men that God has used specifically with an anointing of an evangelist upon them. And uh, God uses them in a powerful way in the church. And uh, one of the ways that God is doing that is through uh, the evangelist, Greg Godwin. How many of you thank God for this great man of God? And uh, Man, when I was a new convert, uh, you know, I, I was still trying to learn all these things. And, and I come from the hood, so uh, they had to teach me. You know, I, I had anger issues. Uh, coming from the streets. And they, and they had to teach me, uh, lay hands on no man suddenly. <laughs> Y'all understand the interpretation thereof? Uh, I said, okay, I thought about it. I'm still going to, I'm going to. And I used to think, man, if, if I had to redeem myself, th this was the fivefold ministry. One, two, three, four, five. I got something for you, dude. But I thank God for God called evangelists, and I know that God has anointed Brother Godwin, for such a time as this, how many of you ready to connect your faith with the man of God this morning? Come on. How many of you came expecting something miraculous to happen in this building? Come on. Are you here this morning? Uh, I didn't come to get entertained. I didn't come for a pretty sermon. Uh, but I came to engage uh, in what the Holy Ghost wants to do in this place. Uh, if you feel that way, why don't you put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise uh, as Brother Godwin comes to deliver the word of the Lord Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, I got the Holy Ghost. Do you? Look at somebody else and say, I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Have you? And ask them, did you hear me? I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Have you? Amen. Shout a big yes. Amen. We're thankful to be here, and that was great preaching. We ought to just give an altar call right now. Everybody say Amen. Thank God for your pastor, your bishop, amen, your leader, amen, we thank God for him, amen. If you got your Bible, let's turn to Revelation chapter 8, Revelation chapter 8, we'll move quickly, and Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7, and Hebrews 1, and verse 14, we'll begin at Hebrews 1 and 7, then Hebrews 1 and 14, then we'll go to... Revelation 8 verses 1 through 6. It's great to be back. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to take care of my pastor. He had surgery, still not been able to come to church. Amen. The last two and a half weeks. And uh, so we'll be back in there on Wednesdays for a few more weeks taking care of the church as Brother David Smith preaches revival this whole month. Amen. Then we're going to be in here. Towards the end of the month, we're going to throw a saddle on this thing and ride him all the way into the winter. Amen. Well, I guess your Bibles are in your hands. That's why you didn't clap. Hallelujah. But somebody give God a shout of glory. Amen. We believe in God for a year of harvest. Amen. And uh, we believe that's what's going to happen. Hebrews 1 and 7, we love you, Bishop and his wife. Appreciate them very much. Appreciate their pastor, Brother Elder, and their bishop, Brother Wilson, and uh, 
We just love them. Amen. Revelation 1 or Hebrews 1 and 7 and the angels and of the angels he saith who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Everybody say his ministers a flame of fire. And Hebrews 1 and 14 are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Amen. They shall be heirs of salvation. He sent ministering spirits or angels to minister to people who shall be heirs of salvation. Tell somebody there's been angels in your future. There's been angels in your past. Protection. Amen. This wasn't in my message, but it's coming to me. You've had protection in situations you knew. When you got out of it, you were like, how in the world did I get out of that? How in the world? Before you even knew God, before you thought about God, God had angels around you ministering to people who shall be the heirs of salvation. Amen. Now, Revelation 8, 1 and 6, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. John said, I saw seven angels. Everybody say seven angels. Which stood before God and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel. Everybody say another angel. Came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense. That he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints. uh, Upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. The angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar, cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. Verse number three said, or number two said, there were seven angels with seven trumpets. And then verse number three said, and there was another angel. Everybody say the eighth angel. I want to preach to you for the next few moments on the ministry of the eighth angel. Turn to three people and say, there's the ministry of the eighth angel. The Lord bless you. You may be seated in his name. In an age of reason and skepticism and cynicism, There is and has become the massive exaltation of human intellect. But beyond the human intellect, there is the unseen realm, the realm of the spirit. In this realm, there is the eternal. The eternal is beyond time. It is the forever, never-ending, always Continuing and ongoing. Time is a space inside of eternity. I don't know if I've done this here before, but I feel do it again. Everybody take your thumb and your first finger and hold them out in front of you. Put them as close as you can without letting them touch. And stick it out way out in front of you and look at it. And that space would represent time. When God said, let there be light, and at the end of the message you'll hear me quote a verse that said, the angel will say, time shall be no more. There's a space of time 
in eternity, which is without beginning and without end. It is the eternal. Time is a moment, a second, a minute, an hour, a day, a month, a year, a century, a decade, or a millennium. But it is a space that has boundaries and borders and limits. Time has an end. Tell somebody, time has an end. And it will come to an end. Whether it's my personal time, your personal time, or man's collective time, it will come to an end. My father's came to an end this past August at 88 years old. He went in the hospital and in 10 days he came out, didn't recognize anything we were saying, didn't, couldn't talk, just moaned. If you tried to rub his back or his shoulder, he'd just moan. And then he took his last breath on that Tuesday morning raising up off of his bed, and that was it. Time shall be no more. The apostle of love, John, is now a prisoner, locked up for love, for loving the God-man, Jesus Christ, for loving the Word, the Word that was with God, not just mere company, but of most intimate union. The Word was with God. The Word that was God. The Word that was God manifested in flesh. Tell somebody, God was manifested in flesh. And the name of that body or that person was Jesus Christ. It was God in a body. It was God who is eternal, no beginning and no ending, now living in a body. It is God who is love, grace, and mercy. He is the Spirit. He is God, the unseen, but now revealed by and in and through flesh. Everybody say, God is revealed by, through, and in the flesh. It was the thought of God, the thinking of God. See, pastor didn't know I was going to deal with this. That's why I said keep preaching. Just give an altar call. Amen. Amen. The thought of God. Everybody say God was a thinking God. He is continually thinking. He had a thought, and the thought was himself. And he kept thinking about his thought, him becoming flesh, until what he thought actually became. God had a thought of saving man. And when it came time for him to save man, God who is eternal, no beginning, no ending, came into time as a man to save a lost world. Touch somebody and tell them God became a man to save me to save you. Come on, tell somebody. God became a man to save you and save me. So in the beginning, the original, one of the oldest Greek theologians quoted John 1 and 1 this way. In the beginning, there was a thinker of a thought. And the thinker of the thought was with God. 
and the thinker of the thought was God. I want to say it again. In the beginning was a thinker of a thought. And the thinker of the thought was God. And the thinker of the thought was with God. And the thinker of the thought was God. Everybody say God had a thought. And he kept thinking that thought until he became what he thought. While locked up, John is now carried away in the spirit. Not with his troubles. He's not carried away with the problems of the day. He's now in the Alcatraz prison of his day. He's in the third dungeon. He's in trouble. He is now out of time and in eternity. He's caught up in the spirit. He is taken out of time and taken above time. And he's looking back in from an eternal place. He is seeing the end of time. Back to the beginning. He sees a boundless, endless, ageless eternity to get a God view of upcoming events and of events in the deepest of past. In Revelation 12, he has shown the casting out of Lucifer and one third of the angels with him into the earth with violent passion. Everybody say Lucifer was the anointed cherub. I know I've touched this before, but I'm going to say it again because it's got a revelation with it. Tell somebody that revelation will spark praise in you. Amen. When you understand the value of being born again and what you have become after being born again. Lucifer's mistake. He was the anointed cherub. He was covered with every precious stone. His voice was prepared in him. His tablets, his, the covering of his garment, gave off the ringing of bells as he danced and sang and swayed and directed the amountless, countless millions and billions of angels in the worshiping of God as he led them in praise. The Bible says that they did that before time. They're doing that during time. They will do that after time. What are they doing? They're saying one to the other of God. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. He's. I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. The angels say continually of God, he's holy. He's holy. He's holy. Touch somebody and tell them, God said it's all right to give him praise. But God grew weary of that praise because they didn't have a choice whether they praised God or not. They were created and numerous billions of angels to worship God. They didn't have a choice, but one day Lucifer, the anointed cherub, the most highly anointed and perfect angel caused a rebellion with one thought. He said, I will exalt myself. I will be like the most high. He was over an endless hope, scope of angels. Only thing over him was God Almighty. But something in him got full of pride. And he said, I'm not leading you to exalt God. I want to be exalted now. And Lucifer became the devil. He was cast out of heaven. He was cast from his highest ranking position from the highest rank of an innumerable host of angels down to the pit of hell. He became Lucifer, the devil, the serpent, that old dragon. And one third of that innumerable host of angels were cast out with him. Somebody say amen. 
Amen. Can I tell you in spite of that uprising in heaven, one third of the holy angels rose up in rebellion with Lucifer against God, but God cast them out like lightning. 186,000 miles per second. God cast them out. Can I tell you the reason you're in a church that knows how to praise and worship is we know that's the way to get to God. That's the way to make God want you is if you'll worship God, you, God said, I'll draw night to you. Look at somebody that say amen. That's the reason every time you come to this church, we're worshiping. We're clapping our hands. We're waving our hands. We're saying hallelujah. We're dancing during the music. We're standing up during the preaching. Why? Because we want to affirm the word of God. Amen. God is worthy. Amen. God is worthy of my praise. I see the musicians over here standing. Thank you, sirs. Thank you, men. Amen. Nothing better than musicians that can play like yours. But I'll tell you what's better than that is they can play like this, but they know how to worship during the preaching. I need to get off of this, but look at somebody and say, I didn't say amen a while ago. And I forgot Brother Godwin likes amens. Amen. Amen. Why? 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 Where come? Why was there a devil? Why are there demon spirits? Why are there spirits trying to make us uh, go to hell? Why are there spirits directing me into drugs and all kind of foolishness, into drinking alcohol, living crazy, running around with whores and pimps and drug addicts and all kind of crazy, stealing and lying and robbing and beating people? Why are we doing that? It's because Lucifer and the devil have turned against us and are trying to destroy us. Why? Because they've been cast out of heaven. They know the joy that's coming to you. They know the peace that's in heaven. They know God. God has never given one thought to ever restoring or redeeming a, an angel that became a devil. God never gave thought to it. But when Adam and Eve made their mistake of taking part of the fruit, they were born again from spiritual perfection into spiritual deadness. And God has literally moved time and eternity to reach mankind. Tell somebody next to you, God's been reaching for you. Come on, tell somebody God's reaching for me. Tell somebody else God's reaching for you. That's why you're here today. God's reaching for you. Amen. Come on, tell somebody God's reaching for you. You say, why is he reaching for me? Because he loves you. Tell somebody he loves you. Tell somebody God loves me. That's why he's reaching for us. I looked up and just quickened in the Holy Ghost. I put my phone up and added it to my notes. The live population of the world right now is 7.927,928,808,148 people. As of 30 minutes ago, it's probably close to 400 and something. 7.9 billion people on this planet. Everybody say right now. Of that 7.9 billion, 50.4% are men. That's 3.9 billion males in the world. Women, there's 3.905 billion women in the world. That's 49.58% of the world is women. 50.92% is men. It's 50-50, really. It's just basically 50-50, half men and half women. Now look at somebody say, God save, it wants to save everybody. 
He wants to save you. He came God, eternal, omnipotent, holy, holy, holy God. The God that was Elohim in the beginning. And then he revealed himself as Jehovah. Then he revealed himself as Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Titskanu, Jehovah Rafika. Why? Because he was telling man, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I want to be your healer. I'm going to be your deliverer. I'm going to be your present help in a time of trouble. Come on, tell I'm going to be your healer. What are you saying? God's after you. Tell somebody God's after you. God's after this entire world. The Bible tells us when this is all done the majority of the world will be lost. Tell somebody because of my choice. Whether you take him to heaven To live with God forever depends on a choice you've got to make today. See, I don't understand everything about time. And I was just this morning just struggling with how much to put in here and how much to take out and time and how much time am I going to take preaching and and I'm struggling with it now. How much do I say? How much do I deal with? I want to tell you time is running out. our text the spiritual significance is added when he mentions the number seven seven is fullness spiritual completion on the seventh day of God's creation he rested seven is the foundation becomes the foundation of Israel's worship cycle the way the Jews worship now is based on the number seven a lot to that and with this the mention of trumpets Amen. In scripture, everybody say trumpets. The first reference to trumpets is in Exodus 19, 1 through 6. Moses is to meet God in the mountain of Sinai at the blowing of the trumpet. Trumpet was significant because God was up to something. Tell somebody when the trumpets blow, God is up to something. Numbers 10, 3, and 4, God called Israel together for instruction. And to give them that instruction, he had them blow a trumpet. Numbers 10, Three through seven, when they were to march or move out the camp, there would be the blowing of trumpet. When it became time for war in Jeremiah 4, 19 and 42 and 14, and when it was time for war, there would be the blowing of trumpets. When they would return from their dispersion or being scattered around the world, Isaiah 27, 13 said there was a blowing of trumpets. And the year of Jubilee, which was ever 50 years, amen, at the year of Jubilee, there would be the blowing of the trumpet. Everybody say blowing of trumpet. The year of Jubilee was was the Feast of Pentecost. Tell somebody it was a Feast of Pentecost. That's why it just kept going every 50 years. There was a Pentecost, trumpets would blow. 50 more years of trumpet blow would be Feast of Pentecost. And then another every 50 years, Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Pentecost. Trumpets would blow until the day of Pentecost come. The Jews were there in Israel. They were there in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost to do like they had done for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. But this time it became more than a feast. It became a festival because God poured out his spirit When God poured out his spirit, there was a blowing of trumpets that day. But it wasn't just a feast of trumpets. It was a festival. It became the jubilee when now it began a time when every man, woman, boy, and girl had access to the spirit of God. In our text, the trumpets now are blowing and announcing 
the opening of God's judgment. At the end, the release of seven seals, trumpets, vials, and seals, three forms of judgment that will happen, everybody say, after the rapture. Each will be released at the blowing of one of the seven trumpets by one of the seven angels. Amen. These seven angels will all blow trumpets which will announce a judgment beginning at Revelation 8, 7 through 12 are the first four angels and there is the release of God's first forms of judgment. These angels have waited since time began for their ministry to begin. The seven first angels sounded and the Bible said there followed hail, fire, mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth and a third part of the trees were burnt up. All the grass was burnt up. Everybody say that's the first angel. Now can I tell you before this all happens there's going to be a trumpet sound and it's going to be the rapture of the church. God's going to, I'm going to say it now, God's going to take us out of there, out of here before the trumpets, vials, and seals of God's judgment are released on the earth. Tell somebody God's coming for us. People that have been born again of the water and spirit, God's coming for us. Tell somebody God's coming for me because I've been born again. Tell them I've been born again of the water and spirit. Tell somebody he's coming for me. Tell somebody he's coming for me. Now, some would teach that he's coming in the midst of the tribulation, which is a seven-year period. At three and a half years, he's going to come, and then some believe he's coming at the end of that, but that don't make a brain's worth of sense. I'll just say it. I don't know where your pastor stands. I think he's got a brain, and he ain't stupid. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. Amen. Why would God save us? Why would God become engaged to us? pastor didn't get engaged to his wife and say, now I'm going to put you through seven years of my hell, my physical passion, my torment. And if you can make it through my hell and my torment, I'll marry you. Did you say that? No, he didn't. Amen. He didn't say that, did he, mama? I got a feeling she'd have slapped the dog's snot out of him. He'd do his fist all he want to. I got a feeling there's a little fire in that little girl. Look at somebody say he had opened up a, she had opened up a can on him. I feel my junk coming up on me now. This is a can. <laughs> amen, amen. God didn't, didn't go save you and then put us through seven years of his violent torment, his vehement anger, and let him beat us and put us through all this stuff, amen, to prove that we love him. Say, I don't do that to my wife. Tell somebody, I didn't do that to my husband. Why would God do that to his wife-to-be? Come on, somebody. Amen. God's not going to put us through his wrath. God's not going to put us through his judgment to prove our love for him. Amen. That's not going to happen. God is going to come and take us out. There's going to be the quickening of the dead that have died in Christ and are already in the grave. There's a moment coming. Amen. It might be before the year's done, before we get to the two. You know why we got to have revival? Because we really don't have time to wait till two years from now. He could come before this winter. He could come at any time. Tell somebody Jesus is coming. Amen. You're going to be walking. It's going to be boom, Hallie here. And your next step for Lou, you'll be over on the other side. Because he's coming in the moment, the twinkling of an eye. The trumpet will sound and the spirit of God within you is going to quicken this mortal flesh. My dad may have been in the ground for about 10 months right now, but if he comes this afternoon, my dad's body
body will be changed into a glorious body fashioned like unto the Lord Jesus Christ. How long will it take? A moment's all it's going to take. We're coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Hey, man, we're glad for every guest here. But look at somebody, even if it's a guest, and say, Jesus is coming. He's coming. He's coming soon. Hey, man, we've got good to preach to you. God will bless you. Your life's going to be better. You're going to be financially better. How many in the last eight or ten years that you've been saved can raise your hand and say you're better off financially now? Come on, somebody, raise your hand and say, I'm better off now than I was. How? All it took was you got born again. You became a new creature. You became a new creation. You have changed. Once the church is out of here, the first angel will sound. It will be followed with hail, fire, mingled with blood. Third part of the trees will burn up. Third part of all grass will burn. Then another angel will sound. And as it were, a great mountain burned with fire was cast into the sea. A third part of the sea became blood. A third part of the creatures which were in the sea had li- and had life died. And a third part of every ship that was in the oceans were destroyed. The third angel came and blew a trumpet and there fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp and it fell upon the third part of rivers and upon the fountains of waters and the name of the star is called Wormwood and the third part of the waters became Wormwood and the many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. So up till now, the third angel, there's been one-third of the sea that became blood. One-third of the creatures of the sea died. One-third of all ships in the water were destroyed. One-third of the river rivers, amen, became, uh, when the great star fell, uh, died in the rivers. One-third of the fountains of waters. One-third part of waters became wormwood or bitter. And then the fourth angel sounded. And the third part of the sun was smitten. A third part of the moon was smitten. A third part of the stars were smitten. So as the third part of them were all darkened, a third part of the moon was darkened, third part of the stars were darkened, a third part of the sun was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of the day, and the night likewise. What are you saying? I'm saying there's a time coming when God's going to take the church out of here, and we're going to be gone. God will no longer be in this space of time. His spirit will be completely out and there will be nothing but hell and torment and terror. Tell somebody, but if you're born again. Chapter 8 verse 13 said, I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Whoa! Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of their voice of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. He said, you think these first four angels were something? You think these first four of trumpet blasts were something? I've come to declare a woe, woe, woe upon these next three trumpets that are about to sound. He's saying, you haven't seen anything yet. The next three angels will fulfill the judgments of God, unleashing the fullness of God's vehement anger and wrath upon a sinful world. That fifth trumpet will sound, and he said, I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose out of it smoke out of the pit. 
as the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth and upon them was given power like as scorpions of the earth have power and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth neither any green thing neither any tree but only those men which are not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented for five months. So now these locusts that will sting like scorpions, they normally feed off of the trees and bushes and the grass, but now they are turned. They will not touch the grass, the trees, but they will torment man. And in those days the men will seek death and not find it. They shall desire to die. And death shall flee from them. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots. Of many horses running to battle. And their power was to hurt man five months. And they had a king over them. Which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue his name is Apollyon. The angel of the bottomless pit. And then when the sixth angel blows a trumpet, he said, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had a trumpet, loose the four angels that are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year to slay one third of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, 000, which is 200 million. Men, by these three was a third part of man killed by the fire, by the smoke, and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouth. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues repented not of the works of their hands. the guts out of the message today what he told you is exactly the truth on that day of Pentecost when that Holy Spirit of God fell on those 120 men that were left in that upper room they were, it started 10 days earlier there were 500 men but between the first day and the 10th day 380 people potential people filled with the Holy Ghost walked out Only 120 received it. There was noise throughout the whole city. They began to call on the disciples saying what is. And Peter stood up with the other 11 disciples. And he told them you crucified the Lord of glory. It wasn't just a man this 50 days ago. You crucified. You crucified God manifest in flesh. You killed him. You slew his body. You beat it with a cat of nine tails. 39 stripes save one. You whipped him from his shoulders all the way down his back, his buttocks, his thighs, to his calves, to his feet. You ripped his back open wide. You nailed him to a cross, severing a median nerve in both arms, sending fiery pain through his body. You nailed his feet to the cross like this, not on a nice step. They wasn't worried about comfort. They nailed his feet down against that cross that way and they dropped it three and a half feet in the ground with a thud he drove and he had enough strength to utter seven phrases to man, the final of which was, it is finished. I 
I've often thought about it. I've never preached it, but it's coming to me now. I want to tell you, I've often thought what happened that day when Calvary happened. What was going on in the stores of Jerusalem? What was going on with people that didn't have a clue? There was hundreds of thousands of people there. They weren't all around that hill. They weren't paying any attention. Calvary happened. God in flesh drew his last breath and the majority of the city just clueless. It's just the Roman government killing a bunch of three dingbats. That's all it is. What's going on in this church? Great revival these last nine and a half years. Pastor got up and announced those that got the Holy Ghost this last week while he was gone. How many have got the Holy Ghost this year? What's going on here? God is getting ready to come back. And I tell you, I got up this morning, went down to the, to the restaurant there and got a little a couple of bowls of cereal and ate. I walked in there and people were out. They had on their shorts and had their swimsuits under their long robes and they were eating and nobody was talking about God. Nobody was saying nothing. And I just began to think, oh God, oh God, oh God, what's going to happen if you come today? coming what you gonna do if the trumpet is sounded the next three minutes how are you saint that great music great spiritual worship maybe you haven't responded today maybe you had a bad week you got treated bad at work somebody talked about you you're upset ticked off and you're here thank God for that but you stewing you're just furious but you got two and a half minutes now he's coming what are you gonna do he's coming what are you gonna do what are you gonna do sir Jesus is coming listen the Bible says the Bible says in a moment in a moment in a second in an hour that you think And a half now. If he comes now in the next minute and 20 seconds, are you ready? Because once he takes us out of here, because we that are saved represent his body, out. Why? Because he's going to unleash his wrath that's been brewing since Adam and Eve messed up in the garden with Hitler's absolute ridiculous, insane, demon-possessed killing of Jews and Polish people. They count six million Jews, but there was two or three million more people that were killed under Adolf Hitler. Talk about Saddam Hussein. Listen to my notes. I'm just preaching to you. Right now, I want you to think, and now you've got Putin, this absolute idiot, moving. Now they're saying that their equipment is not good, and it's not running good, but he's turning against the world. Now he's 
attacking Ukraine and Ukraine's trying to stand up. We got, we got a preacher, Brother Dowdy, Jeremy Dowdy from Mattoon, Illinois. We've got a picture. He's on the plane. He's going to Ukraine right now to go over there and serve and try to help take care of people. What's going on, folks? I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, the Bible talks about Russia. Gog and Magog is Russia and they turn against the world. They begin to move south. Where are they coming? They're ultimately moving towards Israel because the world still hates the Jews. They will link up with China, which is this 200 million man army talking about. It's coming from China. uh, Russia and China will come together. I'm not in my nose, but I'm preaching to you now. They will team up together and will turn against Israel. You say, what's going on? What's been going on these last couple of weeks is the fulfillment of scripture. Russia is moving. And I've come to tell you, you may have another 45 seconds to decide if you're going to be saved, to decide if you want to take a chance without God. But I'm saying you must be born again of the water and spirit or you cannot enter. Stand with me. Come on, musicians. I'm going to stop. Bible said in Revelation 19, 9 and 13 and on down, the rest of the men which were not killed by the plagues repented not of the works of their hands that they would not worship devils. They just kept worshiping the devil and the idols of gold and their silver and brass and stone and wood which neither can see nor hear nor walk neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries, which is witchcraft, nor of their fornication, which is sins of the flesh, nor of their thefts. God said they wouldn't repent in spite of all of this judgment. One third of all men being destroyed. One third of the sun, the moon, and the stars is darkened. One third of the grass and trees and mountains, all the vegetation is destroyed in one attack of God's judgment. And man would not repent. That's what this that's why Pastor got up here. I knew what was going on. I said, preach. I was at preach, preach. Why? He came back from a conference. He'd been gone all week long, been in church sun up to sundown. I knew he was tired. Why'd he get up here and start preaching that way? Not just because it was right. I believe God touched him to accentuate this message today. He said, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud. Rainbow upon his head, his face was as it were the sun, his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hands a little book open. He set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the earth. And he said, time shall be no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God, which should be finished as he hath declared to his seven to his servants, the prophets. But John said in verse 3 of chapter 8, he saw something before the judgment. Everybody say before judgment. Before all of this stuff I've read, tragedy. He said, I see another angel. He's been waiting. I believe he is at work right now. 
He has a golden censer in his hand full of incense that was given to him to offer with it the prayers of all the saints. This is why this is a praying church. Every prayer we mention is collected in the heavens. Every prayer is collected. Tell somebody prayers live on. Prayers live on. Prayers live on. They're all collected in the heavens until God will look over at one angel. He'll say, gather those prayers. And he will gather all the prayers of all the saints. Mix it with the censer that he has burning from an altar. Filled with the fire from that altar. And he will take that censer with everybody's prayers in it from the past. Everybody say past prayers. Your grandma's prayers. I sat on a plane yesterday from Houston to here by a little lady. When she got on a plane at 8 in the morning, she was drunk. I could tell. She sat down next to me. We didn't say anything. Got about halfway here and reached for my iPad to open it up and look through some old notes. She said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing good, ma'am. Got on my suit jacket, my sport clothes, my golf shoes, my little hat. Doing good. She, she got done. She said, What do you do? I said, Excuse me. I knew it. She said, I wonder. And she said, What do you do? I said, Ma'am, I'm a preacher. She said, A what? I said, I'm a preacher. She said, What kind? I looked at her. She weighed about 85, 90 pounds, maybe. I said, Ma'am, I'm a United Pentecostal Apostolic preacher. Her eyes went, No way. I said, yes, ma'am, why? She said, when I was a 12-year-old girl, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. She said, I used to have the Holy Ghost. She said, I was baptized in Jesus' name. And I wanted to say what happened, but she said, but about 13 years old, she said, I started drinking. I said, well, what have you done all your life? She said, I've been a bartender. 41 years. She said, our bar, all the waitresses are given this work. You don't talk about God and you don't talk about politics or you're fired. I said, so for 41 years, you haven't had a conversation like this? She said, oh no. I said, does it make you nervous? She said, yeah. I said, you know what? She got families that lives in this within an hour here. I said, does your sister know about it? She said, oh, we all know about it. We all have had the Holy Ghost. I told her where the church was. I told her. She said, okay. I looked about here and I don't see her. What are you saying? Jesus is coming. There are people all over this area that have had the Holy Ghost I'll call them Yankees because that's what they are. Yankees from the north. Got afraid of the cold chill of the snow. They come down here in this brutal winter you Floridians are having. I mean, it's just horrible. I just, oh my God. I was so thankful it's about 11 and a half degrees warmer than it was a month ago. Thank you, Jesus. Oh my God. Look at somebody say, you ain't got no winter in Florida. I know. 
of people coming down here. It hit me on the plane as it landed. There's people all over this area. Never been by your church. You've never seen. They've never seen you. But you're running out of time. Because he's coming. Take that golden censer with all the saints' prayers in it and throw it into the earth. And when the prayers of old hit this atmosphere, the Bible says, and there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and the earth quaked. Voices were sounds of uttered voices, literally of languages, of tongues. What is it when he throws those prayers back into this earth. They will hear the prayers of people praying and they will hear their names called. When's that going to happen? Tell somebody it's happening right now. Here's my point. It happened yesterday on the plane. That woman said, what do you do? And I immediately had cold chills run down my back. I said, ma'am, what did you say? She said, what do you do for a living? I said, ma'am, I'm a preacher. And her eyes bow. What kind? I said, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. She said, oh my God, I knew it. I'm retelling it to you. I said, why do you ask? She said, because when I was 12 years old, I went to a United Pentecostal apostolic church and was filled with the Holy Ghost as a little girl. So what have you been doing now since then? She said, it's been 41 years. I said, what have you been doing? She said, I've been a bartender for 41 years. I witnessed to her, told her about the church. And she'll come to this church or somebody's church to be prayed to. What was it? It was to her, my voice was the sound. Of thunder. I mean the shock on her face. Blood run out of her face. Her whole world, her earthly existing, was shaking for that last 30 minutes on that flight. As we came down, she was shaking. Her spirit was, what are you saying? I'm saying before the judgment, God is shaking. Before the pain. Before the sting of scorpions. Before the fire and the judgment. Stand with me, everybody. I'm done. Won't stop. There's still mercy today. There's still forgiveness. There's still time. The ministry of the H Angel is in action right now. Grab somebody by the hand and lift it. God's Spirit is moving from the West Coast to the East Coast. It's moving in Yugoslavia right now. It's moving in Ukraine right now. It's moving in Russia right now. The end time is on us. We're in the closing few moments. And God has asked me to ask you, are you ready for his soon coming? What about it, saint of God? Are you prayed through and ready? Are you ready for him to come? And our guests, we're so glad you're here. We want you to know all this church stuff. It's simply to say, you've got to be born again. All the drug and all the party and the dance and the jive and the juke and all that's over. You've got to ask yourself, are you ready for Jesus to come?
Lift somebody's hand next to you. Come on. Lift somebody's hand next to you. Would you make your way to this altar? Saints, would you bring guests with you? Guests, would you come? Would you come down as close as you can can? Come on down. The eighth angel's blowing a trumpet. He's setting an alarm. He's sounding it now. There may not be another service tonight. There could not be another message. This could have been the last message that I will ever preach. This could be the last sermon you'll ever hear preach. I've come to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? Now, if we get back tonight, we're going to do it again. But it could be done today. It might be over tonight. It might be Tuesday night. But I've come to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready for his coming? Come all the way down. Come on, church. Come on, church. Will you be ready? Come on. Come on, church. Pray with somebody. He's coming. He's coming. We want you to know you can be born again. God will fill you with the Spirit. He'll forgive you for every sin you've ever committed. He'll wash your sins away when you're baptized in Jesus' name. Will you be ready? Come on. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Grandma's prayer. Grandpa's prayer. They're living. They prayed for you. Your uncles and aunts' prayers. Your brothers and sisters. Your mom and dad's prayers. Your friends have been praying for you. Come on, they're praying for you. They're praying for you. They're praying for you. That's it, elder. Come on, saints. Come on. Come on, would you come and help us pray? Help us pray. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Pray with somebody in front of you. Pray with somebody behind you. I want to be ready when Jesus, when Jesus comes. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He's coming, he's coming. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's the day of the last outpouring. It's pouring out on all flesh. Come on, the earth is being shaken. Oh, prayers are falling. That's it. Come on, come on, come on, men. Come on, ladies. Will you be ready when Jesus comes? Come on, that's it. Love him. Love him. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. Come on, tell him, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for being backslid, God. God knows the hurt you endured. God knows the unfair time you had. He knows why you left. But he said, come on back. I've never done anything but good. Come on back. In the name of Jesus. Come on, young people, praise him. Come on, mama, praise him. Come on, no more drugs, no more alcohol. I'm done with it, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, I love you, Jesus. Come on, I love you. I love you, Jesus. Open your mouth, let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. 
Come on, that's it, that's it, ma'am. Come on, that's it, pray for your son. Pray for your daughter. Pray in Jesus' name. Come on, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Make yourself ready. Make yourself ready when it comes. That's it, Mama. Let the Holy Ghost come. He come by ya. That's it. Let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Let him fill you. That's it. That's it. Come on, tell him you love him. Come on, lift your hands and say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, she's getting the Holy Ghost. Come on, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name when he comes will you be ready will you be ready I love you Jesus that's it let the Holy Ghost speak that's it, Mama. Let him feel you. Let him feel you fresh in the Holy Ghost. Come on, church, praise him. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost come. Let the Holy Ghost come. Yeah, let the Holy Ghost come. Let the Holy Ghost come. Let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. He'll forgive you for all your sins. Yes, he will. Yes, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ghost come. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost speak. That's it. Let it speak. There's another one talking in tongues. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost is falling. Come on, that's it. Let the Holy Ghost speak. Let the Holy Ghost speak. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus.